You're listening to Strong Runner Chick Radio, episode 50. Welcome to Strong Runner Chick Radio, a leading online community where our goal is to educate, empower, and connect female distance runners across the world. We believe in healthy running, fueling, and embracing our strength as female distance runners inside and out. Through interviews with top professional, collegiate, and master's level runners, leading dietitians, coaches, sports psychologists, and runners of all shapes and sizes, we hope to spread the message that there is no one-size-fits-all approach to distance running. Now, let's get to the show. Hello, Strong Runner Chicks. Welcome to another episode of Strong Runner Chick Radio. Today, I am so excited to announce that we have the own Kelsey, uh, Kelsey Varzias, who is a Strong Runner Chick co-host of the podcast. Uh, so it's just me and Kels today. We are going to be interviewing Kelsey, so turning the tables this time around, which I'm really excited to get to chat with Kelsey. Um, we talk all the time, but just to get to learn more about Kelsey's background and see things from her perspective. And I know um, a lot of you listeners will be happy to learn more from Kelsey as well, just to get to know her better as one of your SRC co-hosts. So with that being said, Kelsey, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> Super excited to have you. All right, I'll go ahead and introduce Kelsey. Um, Kelsey is an educational master. She has her master's in education. And she studied psychology. Um, I know that as well. She's also a runner, yoga enthusiast, and lover of Mother Nature. She recently accepted a job with Amherst College Athletics as the new program coordinator for Amherst Leeds. This is a program dedicated to giving life skills and leadership development to student athletes. When not in the office, you can find Kelsey on her yoga mat, running wherever her legs take her, with her nose in a book, or in the kitchen, possibly eating whole avocados, spoonfuls of nut butter, lots of fruits and veggies, and creating recipes. Kelsey is fairly new to both running and yoga, but has had some amazing experiences in both activities. From running and qualifying for the Boston Marathon, to teaching individuals with disabilities to enhance their yoga practice, Kelsey loves any opportunity to connect with others and bring positive change in the world. Which I can say, Kelsey, you definitely have brought a positive change, not only in my life, but in many others um, with SRC. So thank you. And, uh, oh my goodness. Yeah. Thank you. I wouldn't really. be here without you. <laughs> yeah. Well, you'd definitely be here, but maybe not on the show. Oh, this uh, is true. This is true. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Kelsey, we got to go back in time to how you originally got your start in running. Can you tell us more? Sure. Um, I first have to say this is so bizarre to have the tables turned on me. <laughs> when Megan said that we would uh, that interviewing me would be the 50th episode, I was like, I don't really know if we want to celebrate that way, but um, – I, I do appreciate being here, and I want to also take a minute to appreciate all the guests that we've had on the episode so far, mm -hmm. and really thank you guys for kind of tuning in with us and kind of jumping out of your comfort zones and answering all my random questions at times, so um, I appreciate it. 
Um, so Megan, <laughs> to answer your question, um, how did I get my start in running? So I guess I'd always been pretty active growing up. Um, I actually didn't really even know what cross country and track and field were. It just never entered my, you know, vision growing up. Um, and actually I just went to my first cross country meet two days ago, yesterday, yesterday. Whoa. So that was really, yeah, my first cross country meet ever. So that was really exciting. Um, uh, so anywho, um, I grew up and I played, I had the, I was so blessed. I played so many different sports, um, from wrestling to, um, figure skating to soccer to tennis, but I really gravitated towards soccer and fell in love with it. Um, and so I was lucky enough to actually play soccer, um, in college, uh, which was a great experience. I only played my freshman year and then just kind of had a falling out with the sport and a little bit of a falling out with myself in general. Um, and after that, um, I picked up running kind of as a way to just feel strong again, uh, but do that both mentally and physically. So, um, like, so I've really only been running like three and a half years now. Um, so not much time at all. Um, and I guess that's kind of how I got started in it. I just kind of fell in love with the movement, um, and the joy of it. Uh, and I think that's kind of just resonated well with me. Mm. Yeah. And something I love there, Kelsey, is that you come with really fresh eyes um, to SRC because you never, you really didn't grow up in the cross country or track world. So your perspective is pretty neat and new. Um, how did, by the way, how did you like your first cross country meet ever attended? Um, it was really intense actually. Um, so the way, um, so I went to go watch my kiddos who, uh, run for Amherst college and, you know, I would, it's weird because the gun went off and then they left and then I never saw them again until they finished. And I was like, this is really strange. So I like was staying there talking to my athletic director and all that stuff. And then all of a sudden, you know, the coach is standing next to me because they're coming. And I was like, Oh, they're coming. Here they come. So like I was started cheering and then it was over and I was like, Oh, like it's over already. I was kind yeah. of sad in a way. But to see these athletes just cross the finish line and just give it all they have, oh my gosh, like it was remarkable. I went up to them afterwards. I was like, guys, you just literally laid yourselves over the line there. It was unbelievable. So I'm excited to see some more cross-country races. And what's really cool is my team um, does cross-country races as well. So I'm excited to watch them and kind of uh, cheer everybody on. Yeah. And when you say your team, you mean, and we'll get it kind of into your running now, but you're also a part of a club team, correct? I am. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I haven't really made a big announcement about it. I don't know if it's worth a big announcement. Um, so when I moved to Western, back to Western Mass, um, I joined the Western Mass Distance Project. And it's um, a group of runners who are post-collegiate runners, um, and they are super speedy. Um, I probably am the slowest on the team, and I don't mind saying that. I'm not ashamed of it. But what's really cool is that all of these runners were previous collegiate runners, and I never, like I said prior, I never was. So being a part of, you know, seeing what their training is like is really, it's very cool. It's something I've never been exposed to. But what's also awesome is that this team ranges in age quite a bit. So we have anywhere from, I'm the youngest on the team. I think I'm, uh, well, I know I'm 25, but the eldest on the team is 
like I think in her late 60s. So it's it's it spans quite a bit of time. So yesterday we had a meeting with all the women, and you know we had individuals there who've run 63 marathons and people who are just coming out of college. It's really it's just a really nice dynamic to see older women who I can aspire to be when I'm older, um, and really women who've treat, treated themselves well and treat others well, and that's a great place to be. Wow, that is going to be so cool. When you first said post-collegiate, I was expecting all mid to late 20s, but it sounds like there's quite no. the range, and both genders yeah, as well. Yeah. Yes, both genders, but um, I actually haven't met a lot of the guys on the team because I don't. I just don't train with them. Uh -huh. um, I like to train with guys, so though. So I'm hoping that it would be something where I could work out where I'd like to train yeah. with them at some point in time. Um, I like grew up training with guys. Like all the sports that I played were really small growing up, so I always were on the was on the guys team. So I think I just relate to them better. Mm -hmm. But um, going back to what we were just talking about that age range, like we had a college in the area, Smith College. And there was a woman who was talking yesterday, and 34 years ago, she ran her first cross-country race at Smith College. Wow. And it was the Smith College Invitational, and that was actually yesterday when we were having our meeting. So she was going back to kind of do a reunion, which I thought was really cool. Hmm. And she's also the one who ran 63 marathons, so she's kind of a special person. Yeah, yeah, it definitely uh, sounds like it. Um, hmm. So... I do want to go back a little bit because we started talking about kind of how you got your start in running and you touched mm -hmm. on it there that there was kind of a falling out with your former sports soccer um, and then kind of yeah. falling out with yourself in general. So um, mm -hmm. I guess my first question is what turned you on to running then thereafter and how did you maybe use running or what did you use to help kind of come back from that experience? Oh, sure. So um, I guess to go a little bit more in depth, I am in my freshman year of college, I was actually verbally and emotionally abused. Um, and so that was really tough for me to accept because I'll be honest, I'd never been spoken to that way or treated that way before. So um, it was just a really tough time because you kind of just for anybody who doesn't know much about um, being emotionally or physically or not, excuse me, emotionally and um, verbally abused. Um, what ends up happening is you lose quite a bit of self-confidence and you kind of just lose yourself in general because you start believing these things that this person is telling you. So uh, for me, I just kind of totally lost myself. I didn't really know who I was, didn't know where I was headed. Um, you know, and so what ended up happening was I was looking for ways to gain control. And for those who are unfamiliar, you know, with eating disorders, a way that people gain control is through food. And so for me, um, that was something that I ended up resorting to was just kind of gaining control through food and, uh, you know, recognizing that, or actually at the time not recognizing I was doing it, but just throwing myself into that aspect of my life. Um, so I knew I needed help. I didn't really know how to get it. Um, and so I had a few good friends who kind of staged an intervention and just, you know, said that they were concerned about me. And it was such a relief to have someone come up to me and say, you know, we're really concerned about you. And I didn't have to think about it at all. They brought me to student health services. And then from there I went into treatment. Um, so anyways, forward a little bit, went through treatment, recovered, regained my period, all that stuff. And um, I 
started running, which is kind of funny because a lot of people are told they shouldn't run after uh, they go through treatment. Um, however, for me, it was more of a, um, a platform through which I could find myself, if that makes sense. I could find a little bit of strength that I had felt when I was playing soccer and felt when I was an athlete, but this is a new type of strength. I realized that I could really run forever and not get, I mean, not in the beginning. Gosh, I yeah. couldn't even make it like down the street without like dying. But over time, I really realized that I could just kind of keep running and not get tired or I just had it within me, which was cool. So to find that strength was really nice. Um, so that's kind of how I found running in a way. But to go back to your question about like the strengths that I use or the, how I, you know, came around, I spend a lot of time alone, um, which is kind of an odd thing to do. Um, I, I recognize that I am, as much as I love talking with people, I'm pretty introverted. So I gain my energy by being alone. Um, so I spend a lot of time alone and just kind of in a lot of reflection of why am I here, you know, what's my reason for being here, why did this happen to me, you know, kind of questions. And I don't know if I ever answered them, but I think it kind of helped me recognize this is where I'm supposed to be right now. Um, but one thing that I guess made the whole situation easier is relying on a support system that was very helpful for me. And one of those support systems was myself. And I didn't even realize that, you know, I, I am my own support system. Um, but of course having a very, you know, my family and, you know, my therapist, um, and I actually had a really terrible registered dietitian, so I can't really say I relied on her that much, but, um, I also, I did have a, a very wonderful physician as well. So my, my therapist or social worker, I might, um, uh, yeah, uh, uh, gosh, physician. like my PCP, I guess, or primary care uh -huh. physician. Sorry. I lost my train of thought there. Um, were the two people that were very beneficial, including my family. So I guess well, I just kind of word vomited at you a lot. So I'm sorry about that. Oh, um, no. I'm yeah. so glad. Thank you for sharing, Kelsey. I know sure. a lot of listeners probably don't know this about you. And so learning from your experience is always really helpful, especially for sorry. those that might might be going through something similar or know someone who is. Um, mm -hmm. And so that being said, it sounds like um, a good portion of your time, you know, using your support system, but also being alone in reflection. Um, I'm curious to know, did anything else help in terms of like practices or things that you kind of would encourage others to reflect upon maybe? Yeah. Um, so I think something is a few things I think were really helpful to me um, during that time. One of them was when I was first started treatment was actually not to think as much and just to do it and just to go through the motions and kind of just do it, just, you know, sit on the couch and, and read a book or watch TV and kind of be mindless. Cause I feel like, um, when I first started treatment, um, and I, I understand this is a little bit of contradictory here, but when I first started treatment, um, it was a lot less of, you know, I didn't want, I was, I didn't want to use my mind at all. I just kind of wanted to shut off for a little bit of time and just kind of go through the motions of eating, learning how to connect with my body again, things like that. Then when I started to feel a little more comfortable, I really did start to connect with my body and I was allowed to do a little bit of yoga and meditation. And that was 
so powerful for me. I'd never done it before, ever. I, I didn't have any idea what I was doing. And I started, you know, I started waking up in the morning and lying in my bed and saying one good thing to myself, <laughs> whether it was like, you know what, Kelsey, you just slept really well last night. Like, good for you. Or, um, you know, something even as simple as like wiggling my toes in the morning and like stretching like a cat. Like that just feels so good to your body and recognizing those moments where, you know, things just feel good. And that's kind of where I started to recognize that, oh yeah, my life is really good right now. Like I'm getting better. Like I'm recognizing who I am. Um, And like one thing that I love is like snuggling under a blanket and putting something over my shoulders. And I didn't realize what a soothing sensation that is for me. So for some people who have anxiety, I'm, very lucky. I, I did have anxiety growing up, but I'm, I'm pretty much more, much more laid back than I was. But um, weighted blankets are really helpful. Um, and not a lot of people talk about that. But for me, a weighted blanket is just very comforting. Um, so I do have a weighted blanket that I love and I use. And it just that some, something about having it over my chest is just very comforting. So finding those comforting things were really helpful. So I think to go back to your question, Meg, um, Mm -hmm. yoga and meditation, um, journaling is also very helpful. Um, Finding your comforts, whatever those may be. Um, For some people that could be talking to someone, for some people that could be cooking, for some people that could be going for walks. Um, For me, it's that weighted blanket um, and sitting and reading or or meditating or Mm -hmm things like that. So I think just taking time to understand what you need um, in your given periods of time is really important. Yeah. And I love that you're such an advocate for this. Um, In addition to Elena, who's one of our contributors, Kelsey um, talks a lot about self-care and just you encourage that through, you know, whether it's one of our podcast guests has something come up or she knows that I'm overwhelmed. I know Kelsey's always making self-care a priority and doing her best to now instill that in athletes that you work with, I imagine. Mm -hmm. So yes, trying. (laughs) And then another big part of that too is kind of, you mentioned there just finding yourself, refinding, um, you know, your interests. We didn't go too into depth or really discuss, but what was your major going into college? How did you find the career path that was, and I know you're still navigating this, right? But like academic wise, how did this play into finding yourself there? Sure. So um, I had always actually wanted to go to a smaller college. It was kind of, I'm like I mentioned before, I was a little bit introverted, and um, I just like a smaller atmosphere. However, um, and uh, please no one judge me for this, um, I am very blessed where both my parents saved enough money for my brother and I to go to college for free. Um, but we were only allowed to go to college for free if we went to UMass Amherst because that was an in-state school tuition, um, and that's what they could afford. So that's where I ended up. And um, so I didn't really have a choice um, of where I could go to college. And I look back on it, and I was a little bit bitter at the time, and I hate to say that because I really wanted to have a choice. Um, but I could not be, like, I could come to tears talking about this, but, like, I could not be more grateful for my parents for giving me this opportunity. It's, I, I'll never, like, forget it, and I, I'm so grateful for it. So, um, but what worked out great was, you know, I went to school to play soccer, um, and thankfully I had, I was, 
I, I love to learn first and foremost. I love to be in school. Like I could be a lifelong student my entire life. So it was great that when soccer didn't work out, um, I had academics and I really had a great major when I was there. So a lot of people don't know this, but I actually created my undergraduate major. Um, uh, we had a, a program at UMass Amherst called the bachelor's degree with individual concentration. And so I got to the chance to create my entire major. And when I tell people that, they're like, oh, that's so cool. Like, that must have been the greatest thing. You could pick whatever classes you wanted. And yeah, I could. But it was so much work. Like, I uh -huh. I look back on it and sometimes I'm like, how did I do that? Oh, I know. <laughs> it is a Both ton did. of work. I know, I know yeah. you know. And it's, you know, you have to advocate for being in classes that you don't have prerequisites mm -hmm. for. And as a freshman, I was trying to sit in senior classes. And, like, it's all these things that, you know, you kind of just take granted but um I so anyways I, I created my major around sports psychology for the disabled that's what I wanted to do and um, it was very specified but um, I loved it and as you mentioned I'm still I'm still working through you know what that means to me and how that ended up how that ended up getting me where I am today because I'm somewhere that I never thought I would be but it worked out just fine um, so just there, sports psychology for the disabled, uh, yes. where did helping the disabled come into play? Sure. So um, <laughs> it actually started back in preschool. Um, my parents have always instilled on, in me the idea of diversity and being different and including others who are not like yourself. And so I grew up, uh, my preschool uh, years, I was actually in a peer partner program, which is where they peer a quote-unquote normal preschooler, I hate using that word, but quote-unquote normal, with um, an individual who is, or a preschooler who's disabled. So you had a partner, you know? So mm -hmm. my partner, um, his name was Corey, and he was both blind and deaf, and we were best friends. And to think about a pre two preschoolers, one who has two disabilities and one who's quote unquote normal, trying to interact with one another makes me smile because yeah. there's no way, like I don't know how we communicated at, at the age of three, but we did everything together. We played on playgrounds and stuff like that. It was just an incredible experience. And we stayed friends for quite some time outside of preschool as well, um, like through elementary school before I, and then I moved Aww. to a different town. But yeah, it was really cool. So that's where um, working with the disabled came in and working with individuals with disabilities came in. And I've kind of just done it my entire life um, until now. So, <laughs> which was kind of a shocker, but um, that's how it started. And it's, it's always been a passion of mine. I really had no idea it started back in preschool. How cool preschool. is that? Yeah, I my parents are pretty cool. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you too for getting that inspiration back in preschool. Um, it's amazing, isn't it, what um, early childhood experiences, the impact that they can have on our oh future and how much we know way back then at the time, like you already had that sense of just a desire to help others, to include mm -hmm. others, mm -hmm. kind of yeah, within I feel, you. So. Yeah, I feel really grateful yeah. for it. And I mean, even just being in an, a setting where I was different than others um, and others were different than me, and, and especially in the world today, like we don't take enough time to 
to really accept others who are different than ourselves or understand try to understand others perspectives so i think it's really given me a, a good a good point to be at yeah and then this led you to work in aspen um, teaching adaptive ski lessons to those with yes. disabilities, which was a pretty recent experience. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so how did you come, come into that opportunity and what did you learn from this experience? Yeah, so I guess it actually starts a little bit a while ago. So I got uh, my master's um, at Boston University in sport and performance psychology, at, well, mental health counseling, and then I sub-concentrated in um, sport and performance psychology. And while I was there, I was totally focused on, you know, being a sport and performance psychology consultant for individuals with disabilities. That's what I wanted to do. So, you know, anyone who it's two different types of individuals. So someone who's a Special Olympian versus someone who's a Paralympian, um, they cannot be, um, they're not the same. So I hope people understand that, but I wanted to work with both sets of populations. Um, and so the spring of 2017, when I graduated, I was actually um, planning on going to Oregon State University to get my PhD in um, adaptive activity and I was all set to go and then it just didn't feel right and I had a total midlife crisis at the age of 24 freaked out had no idea what I was doing I was like oh my god I can't go I can't do this this isn't right and I knew it within myself that something was not right and I was like I can't do this so I graduated from BU and I moved home and I lived with my parents for about six months um, had no idea, still had no idea what I wanted to do, thought I wanted to do something with adaptive sports. Um, so I started applying to internships and jobs and I, I just couldn't figure it out. And so then this opportunity came to go to Aspen and to teach adaptive skiing and I did it. And with the coolest experience, first of all, for multiple reasons, just because every day I got to ski. I mean, come on, that's pretty pretty darn awesome for someone who loves to ski. Secondly, um, I got the chance to see difference again. You know, I hadn't had that for a really long time, and I got the chance to truly help people, which I hadn't had for a long time. So that was awesome. And then above all and Above all else, I realized I didn't want to do it. <laughs> I didn't want to work with individuals with disabilities for my career, my life goal. And that was completely and utterly shocking. You know, to sit there and realize this is what I had done for my entire life. This is my plan for my entire life. And now I don't want to do it. Like, it was so scary. Like, jar, like, cry, like sobbing, crying, scary, but also really relieving. It was kind of that that weight off your shoulders of like, I don't have to do this, even though other people think I should do this. You know, what do I want to do in this moment? And I realized as much, and I will always work with individuals with disabilities. That's just something I love to do, but I don't want to make it my career path. So recognizing that was so, like the best thing I could have learned while I was there, you know? And so taking a year off was the best thing I did and I don't have any regrets about it and now I feel like I'm in a much better place uh yeah a much better place <laughs> yeah wow you reflecting on that experience because I think I knew you through most of it if I want to yeah say. you did yep yeah but I wouldn't describe it 
like knowing Kelsey, I wouldn't say she went through a midlife crisis or anything, but I <laughs> knew that you like. were making a lot of realizations and it was mm -hmm. kind of a time of reflection and mm -hmm. um, a lot of hard, probably tough moments there. Yeah. What helped you figure this out? Mm -hmm. You know, for those that are indecisive and not sure, maybe they're at a crossroads of what to do um, in their life. What advice would you give to them on something that could help them? Oh, I have a, I have a few tidbits. Um, number one is talk to your mom. If you are lucky enough to have a mom like I do, um, talk to her. Chances are she has your best interest at heart, and chances are she's going to sit there and listen and give you some pretty damn good advice. That's my first bit of, that's my first suggestion. My next one is to sit down and make a list and recognize what sorts of things you're good at. But not only that, what sorts of things you enjoy? What do you like to do on a daily basis? What gives you energy? What takes energy away from you? You know, these sorts of questions and answering these things really helps you to understand where you're meant to be. Um, my next bit of advice is don't be afraid to fail. Don't be afraid to go out there and realize that this wasn't right, but I got it. You know, I did it. No, because I don't want to, you don't want to look back and say, I wish I tried that. You know, don't do that to yourself. Go out and fail and fail epically and love it and love every minute of it. Um, so I think those three things were, were actually the three things that really helped me. And of course, um, just being honest, like truly honest with yourself and not being afraid of what that honesty may bring. So when I recognized I didn't want to work in my career path with individuals with disabilities and honestly saying that out loud, like saying it, like I would stay in the shower and be like, I don't want to do this. Like I don't want to work with individuals with disabilities and hearing that, saying that to myself over and over again, it just became normal. You know, it wasn't like this shocking thing. It was just norm normalcy. So that really helped me to kind of just tone it down and be like, okay, like I don't want to do this anymore and that's okay. Um, so I think those were really helpful things for me as I was kind of going through my quote unquote midlife crisis. Yeah. Ooh, that, that's really good right there. Cause it's almost like not wanting to do something or kind of closing the store can be scarier than just saying, I like yeah. this, you know, I want to open yeah. this door. It's easy to yeah. open new doors, at least for people like us. Cause I know some mm -hmm. people have, you know, I've heard before there's two types of, yeah, there's that whole, there's two types of people, those that, you know, um, Oh, I don't even know where I'm going with this one guys, but <laughs> there's some that have, you know, every opportunity sounds great. Like, oh yeah, that sounds like a great idea. And you mm -hmm. and I are kind of those people where it's like, sure, yeah, yeah we're the yes, yes women, I guess. Yeah. And there's other people <laughs> where, you know, they just have boundaries and they know, they say no a little bit more mm -hmm. easily. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe they're working on becoming more open to new experiences. Mm -hmm. So it's more that openness to experience. But I know that being on that spectrum of openness and wanting to say yes to a lot of things can result mm -hmm. in having it really hard to kind of say, you know what? I really don't like this. This isn't actually yeah. for me. And I know Absolutely. we've, we've known girls too that have been runners that have to say, you know what? I don't want to be a runner anymore or yes. I don't want to run collegially. And yeah. that's a lot harder than saying, you know, than maybe opening a door and, um, yeah. you know, and running, it's a lot harder to close yeah. that. So 
Definitely. Oh, and I think, yeah. I think also too, like, uh, just to think about framing a little bit differently too, Meg, is people, you don't have to close your door. You can leave your door yeah. cracked. Like that's really important that's to recognize that like, you can leave a little crack in your door. So yeah. say you don't want to be a runner right now, you know, that crack is always open for you to go back mm -hmm. to. So like, you, you know, like maybe four or five years down the road or maybe two weeks from now, you can go back to that crack. You can open a little yeah. bit wider and see what's left in there. Um, so it's not an end-all, be-all sort of a thing. You know, I think we can always go back to those that cracks too. and recognize, you know, that when we get back there, we, we're going to be a different person than when we were there previously. So it's always important to recognize yeah. that the doors are always a little bit open, but it's up to you to go back to that situation to find, to find what's uh -huh. left of it. I like that. That's a lot more soothing, I guess, to hear or comforting <laughs> that there's always that door that's open. Always. Yeah, if you always. Do that. Yeah. So um, speaking of new doors, you, you recently opened one, moving to Amherst and starting a new job at um, your alma mater. Can you share more about this new job and mm -hmm. what does your work involve? Sure. So I actually am not at my alma mater. Oh, um, so you know what? No, <laughs> the school you started at though, right? Yes. Yeah. No, actually. Um, so I went to undergrad at UMass Amherst and I'm actually working now at Amherst College. So they're two completely different schools. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they're actually like, oh. literally, Megan, no, it's fine. Cause they're literally one and a half miles down the road from one another. So it's, literally Not right quite. I, I saw the word Amherst there on the yeah. show notes. Sorry, guys. <laughs> no, no, you're fine. So you you're work totally at Amherst fine. College now. I'm at Amherst College. Not quite yes. the same. Yes, <laughs> no problem. So um, the thing, and it's funny because they're totally different schools. Like Amherst College has 1,800 kids and UMass Amherst has about 30,000. So oh, yeah, I was slightly different. school. I went to the big school for undergrad, so you okay. had it in your head. You were on the right track, my friend. Um, so, yes, I moved back to Amherst, um, which I never thought I would do, um, and I'm back here, and I couldn't be happier in, with the area. It's just Western Mass. There's something really special about it. Um, but I am working at Amherst College in at the athletic program, in the athletic department, I guess I should say. And my title is the program coordinator of Amherst Leeds. And as mentioned in my bio, um, Amherst Leeds is dedicated to providing student athletes with leadership and life skill development. So essentially what my goal is to develop a curriculum throughout the year for this group of student athletes so that when they graduate from Amherst College, they are leaders outside of their sports. Um, so I wanna develop their life skills and leadership skills so that, you know, they are, yes, of course, they're going to be leaders and and on the field, but I'm more focused on off the field. You know, mm -hmm. what what are you doing to help others in, in your um, surrounding area? You know, how are others, how am I bringing others in to show you what it's like to be a leader outside of sport? So that's kind of where I am. So every day differs. Um, I... <laughs> I can literally sit at a computer for eight hours straight sometimes. Sometimes, like two weekends ago, I was doing an event that was required me to work quite literally for 36 hours in two days. It was insanity. Um, we went down to this 
really cool, this place called Empower Leadership Center, Empower Sports and Leadership Center, Adventure Center, something along those lines. And the kids did, um, it was all our captains program, so all captains of the team. And they did like um, zip lining and all these like puzzling games and like, like building relationships. It was so cool. Um, so I, I do a lot of stuff like that. Um, but I also... One thing about my job that's a little bit challenging and something that I, I'm not sure I necessarily want to do for the rest of my life, but it's interesting, is I actually do a lot of event planning. So the curriculum that I'm developing requires me to get into contact with, and this is the glamorous side of things where I'm, I'm not sure I really fit in well, but um, I'm reaching out to professional athletes um, to have them come speak to us. So um, we're having Semi Odele, who's from the um, – uh, the Celtics come. We're having Missy Franklin speak. We're having, um, yeah. So it's it's pretty cool um, to reach out to these people and and see you know what they're how they're going to be able to influence our student athletes. Um, so it, it's just it's definitely an interesting job. Something I never thought I would do, but um, I'm learning so much that I I feel really grateful for. So um, yeah, it's it's definitely been interesting. Oh, I think that's so cool. You've got quite, and so I know you were a little maybe hesitant about um, not having enough to do, but it sounds like things are, there's, there's plenty for you to do right now. Yeah. Do you have so your hand I, full? Yep, I totally yeah. do. And I, that's all my fault, of course. Um, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll do this. Of course. Like we were just saying, yes, I'll do this. Yes, I'll do that. But I'm also recognizing when I need to be like, no, I don't want to do that. You know, like, or no, that doesn't interest me and not in a rude way. But I don't, I'm learning as I'm getting older, I don't want to spend or give my energy to things that aren't giving me energy back. Um, and so you know, if something really doesn't inspire me or really doesn't influence me in a positive manner, I don't want to give my energy to it because I, I really want to cherish my energy and I really want to hold on to as much of it as I can. That doesn't mean I don't want to share it with others because I do, but I also have to remember I want to share it with myself too. Um, so I'm learning and it's hard um, and I'm being patient with myself, but yes, I, I think I am very busy and I, I do enjoy that. I tend to thrive on being busy. So finding that balance has always been challenging for me. Yeah, but it, it really keeps you going, I guess, right? It does. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and you, you, I know you can yeah. attribute to this too, Meg. <laughs> yeah, I think there's that. I mean, balance is a hard word. It's hard to achieve, so yeah. it just means yeah. you're passionate about what you're doing. Well, at least it's in your true. case, it seems you bring this level of passion and love for everything you're embarking in. Or, yeah, I try, I try, and I, I, I do too. When you say balance, um, it's funny. I have a, I have a weird relationship with that word because there's part of me that loves the word balance, but there's part of me that hates it. Um, because when I think of balance, I think of, you know, that almost like that scale where uh -huh. both sides of the, you know, are balanced, you know, but then I think about it and I'm like, okay, well that equals perfection. And I don't want to be 
perfect. I'm not trying to be perfect. So I don't know really what the right word is for balance because I don't want to say balance because it sounds like I'm trying to achieve perfection, which is not possible. So I'm figuring that out too in my life as well. And I think that's an important thing to point out there for our listeners too, that, you know, balance is great, but it's also a sign of perfection and none of us are perfect. So I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that a lot too. Um, so kind of speaking of things that you're involved in, you reached out about a year ago about getting involved with SRC. <laughs> I um, did. Yeah. Which I'm so, so happy that you did because it's been amazing having you as part of it. Um, so for listeners that do not know, when and how did you decide to par- become part of the community and, um, yeah, what did this look like for you? Okay, I am going to see if I can find the email because I emailed you. I believe it was February of 2017, so almost a year and a half now, which is wow. crazy. Um, gosh, I probably I think I have so many strong runner email, strong runner check emails that I don't know if I could ever find the original one, but I'll find it at some point in time. Yeah. And, oh, wait a minute. Oh, no. I almost had, I thought I almost had it. But anyways, um, so I, back in February, I emailed Megan and I knew nothing about Megan, um, to be perfectly honest. I had no idea how old she was or how old you were, Meg, or anything like that. So (laughs) I know for a fact I addressed the email as Miss Flanagan. I was like, hello, Miss Flanagan. My name is Kelsey Varzius and I'd like to be a part of Strong Runner Chick. (laughs) And then when I started realizing that you were actually younger than I was, I was like, oh, that's kind of awkward, you know, like, um, So I approached SRC because I had hoped that actually originally as in hopes of doing like sports psychology consulting or writing articles based on sports psychology and um, as much as I love that field, I'm not hugely passionate about, you know, a lot of topics in, in, um, uh, excuse me, sports psychology. So as much as I like it, I'm more focused on kind of well-being and a little bit more of like life coaching sort of aspect. Um, so, um, a good, you know, Steph Yoder, if you guys haven't listened to her podcast, I would certainly recommend it. And that's kind of, I think maybe the field I want to head into, but more do that for athletes. Um, so anyways, um, that's kind of how I decided to be part of the community. I thought that what, you know, Megan and what all the other wonderful women of SRC were doing was pretty special. I hadn't really heard of anything. And I think with my background, um, with an eating disorder and with, you know, the, um, emotional and verbal abuse, I figured that maybe I could offer something to someone out there. Um, and to be honest, the relationships that I've made within this community, I, I'm just so great. I'm like, I cherish them. You know, I talk to Elena on a weekly basis and Miranda and, um, Maggie and all these wonderful girls who are just so passionate about helping others. I think that's the thing that really just makes a difference for me to hear how much these women want to change the world. Like how many times do you have a group of like 20 women together who want to change the world? Like not very often. And to be a part of that is just, it's pretty magical. Yeah. Well, having you as a part of that is pretty magical. So thank you. Yeah. You are a big part of it. Um, Thank you. (laughs) 
Yeah. So um, we'll get a little bit into this. What was it like starting a podcast since you are the ah. co-host? Um, are, you know, I want to say we, so we've had over 50 guests on or interviewed at this mm -hmm. moment. Um, out of all of our guests we've had on, do you have any most memorable episodes that stood out to you? Yes. Um, so first of all, to answer your first question, starting the podcast, that was an adventure to say the least. And Megan and I had no idea what we were doing. I will be honest, I am horrific with technology. So when Megan was like, let's do a podcast, I was like, are you sure you want to do one with me? Like, I really have no idea what I'm doing. Um, I just really like to talk to people and like to hear their stories. Um, and I think that if anything, that's possibly what I offer and bring to the table is that I'm super curious and I love to hear how others are changing the world and making a difference. And I feel like that's one of the things we try to get out with the podcast. So when Megan approached me about doing a podcast, I was, I, I was excited for the opportunity to bring forth these stories of people who are making a difference. Um, cause I don't think we hear those enough. Uh, so, um, starting the podcast was fun. It was an adventure, like I said, and it was something that I'll never forget. Um, and so thank you, Megan, for allowing me to come on this journey with you. Um, so of the guests, I think, well, all the guests have been special. I think they're, and I'm not just saying that, I really look back at all the people we've had, um, and from elite runners to women who, you know, just run their 5K, you know, everything in between. I think everybody's been able to offer something special. And I'll never forget our first episode, I think, of just you and I together. I think that episode just really set the platform for people moving forward. Um, gosh, we've had so many. I, um, Lindsay Walter, um, she was great um, talking about having alopecia and, you know, what that was like for her. Um, Gosh, I don't even know where to begin. Um, Neely Spence Gracie was great. Um, who else was great? I mean, Emma Abrahamson. The Abrahamson sisters wow. were fun. Um, uh, Grayson Murphy was super fun. Um, Elena is always great to talk to. Maggie's always so passionate. Yeah. Um, Miranda. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So many. I mean, I literally could just go through the list and keep saying people's names and – it's, it's, I hate it because it sounds so ingenuine, but guys, I'm not kidding when I say like we've been really grateful to interview some pretty special people, um, and each one of them are, are they're all doing something so uniquely individualistic and so uniquely perfect in their own way. And I hate that I just use that word, but it is really, you know, when we've talked to all these people, they're really just doing things that are really true to themselves and. How many times do you get to talk to people who are really doing things that are really truly unique to themselves? Not many times. Yeah. So I've been very fortunate enough to be part of 50-plus conversations of with women who are just doing magical things. Yeah, there have been so many that it is hard to say. So many. Um, so and then I just thought of asking yeah. Shawana about what her favorite Uber ride was or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Like stuff like that. And like, uh -huh. it's just, it's fun. It's fun. It's all fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so many good ones. Um, oh, 
tough call on the questions here. We, um, let's see, how are we doing? We're approaching an hour, so I could, I feel like I could ask Kelsey questions forever. Um, Kelsey, what's currently making you thrive? Oh, this question, I love it. Um, what's currently making me thrive? Um, I thought I would have a, like a, a really good, I don't know. You know, that's my answer. I don't know what's making me thrive right now. I have no idea. I think I'm, I'm at a place in time where it's not just one thing, but maybe I go through my day and I, like when, um, oh, this is a great, great example. So the other day I went grocery shopping and I dropped an egg, a carton of eggs on um, my, in my driveway and they all broke, of course. Oh. I was like, God oh, dang, you know, like, so I had to pick them up, I had to throw them out, and I was like, oh, there goes my money and stuff like that. But then I got upstairs into my apartment and I put my groceries down, and I just happened to turn, like, when you walk up the stairs to my apartment, I turned to my left, and there's windows, and I, they overlook, like, kind of just like mountains, like Western Mass Mountains, which are more of like hills, but they're like big hills. And it was in that situation where I was like, wow, this moment's really making me thrive. You know, like I just dropped a, a dozen eggs on the ground, but like I got to like just randomly look out the window and see this beautiful sunset and all these mountains. Like this is so cool. You know, so it's not just like one thing that's making me thrive. It's like these little things throughout my day where I'm like, oh, that was a great moment. Like one of my kiddos at Amherst will say something to me and I'm like, really like who are you like well how did you just say that and come up with that like tell me more about what's going on so it's these little things that really get to in like dig themselves really deep into my soul and like fill me with energy that are making me thrive so it's, it's not just one thing it's more of like a culmination of you know like I had a great phone call yesterday with my mom like that totally made me thrive and like for, oh, today I went to an awesome yoga class where we did this, um, I don't even know what to call it. It was like a dance move in the middle of yoga class where we were in the goddess pose and we were just like flailing our arms and like moving to the rhythm of the music. And I was like, oh my God, I feel so alive right now. So I think it's the moments that make me feel alive that are making me thrive. Um, I love, I love living. I just love living. I'm very grateful to be alive. So it, I think that's what's making me thrive. Oh, love it. So those little moments that just yes. bring in life. You know, I was yeah. thinking about this the other day because I am a terrible dancer. I have no rhythm. And especially when it, well, when it comes to Zumba, it's like that is out of the question. Oh, that is but so hard. I was wrapping up teaching a yoga class and there was a Zumba instructor coming in to teach. And man, I, I didn't end up staying for the class, but the music was just, it was so fun. And they oh. started one of their, their uh, songs. Well, then I had to come back in and teach another yoga after. So I got to see the beginning and the end of class. And I was like, man, I kind of yeah. wish I came in at the end. And I was like, I wish I would have been in Zumba because that was a, that was a fun time. So yeah. Meg, you should totally go. Yeah, I probably will end Conquer up Conquer that fear, girl. Go for it. <laughs> There's no fear. It's just like a whole hour of that is a little bit, um, I feel like I'm in runner shape. And so a whole hour mm -hmm. of Zumba and dancing is a bit much for me, but mm -hmm. yeah. I'll go in for I a taste of it. Yeah. And I totally yeah. get that because that's where my introvert comes out and I'm like, wow, that's a lot of like 
stimulus for me to take in at once. Like that would be really hard for me, but I guarantee you if you do end up going, no one's staring at you. Everybody's trying to focus on what they're, they're doing themselves. (laughs) That's good to remember. Yeah, indeed. Um, all right. So this one too came up. What is one thing you're currently working on? Ooh, this, this is, um, this, we could go real deep with this really, really fast. Um, so I'm actually not running as much right now. Um, I'm only, I, so gosh, about a month ago, I decided I just needed a break. I just wanted to take time to myself, figure things out, um, kind of get, um, back on track with, you know, mentally I'm really happy, but physically I'm not, I haven't really been feeling that great. So I really, I would wake up in the morning and like, I'd always want to run, but my body just wouldn't, isn't ready for it. So, um, right now I'm really lucky if I can get out two days a week and run like eight miles, I mean like eight miles in total, like four miles each day. Um, and that's really a, for me, that's, not a lot. Um, like prior to this, I was running probably upwards and I don't mean to bring numbers into it, but upwards of like 60 miles a week, but just to compare for people to compare, like this is what my body needed. So right now I'm working on just feeling physically trying to feel good again. I don't know what that means or how I'm going to achieve that or, you know, what I need to do to achieve that. But, um, that's where, that's what I'm working on. And it's kind of exciting to recognize that, you know, this is where I need at this moment of time and um but it's also super exciting to think about starting over again and that you can do that anytime you want you know like anytime you want to start over again it's okay to do that um and I think we have a fear in our society about doing that and asking for help and recognizing that we're always so go 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 but what happens when we take a step back and recognize that I can start over again any day I want it doesn't have to be New Year's Eve or it doesn't have to be like on a special day. It can be on a Tuesday morning when I just recognize that I don't want to do this right now. So right now I'm working on feeling better again and kind of coming to terms with whatever this means. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that, Kels. Um, Yeah, of course. I think that's helpful because there are times in our lives when we need to take a step back and to be, yeah, yeah, totally Mm -hmm. like, there are times where I need to step away from certain things in life and it's hard and um, yeah, just allowing yourself that time is important. What was, what was the most recent thing you stepped away from? Ooh, well, I would say I've had to step away from SRC a little bit just Mm -hmm. in the sense of not, not necessarily building it forward at the moment because grad Mm -hmm. school and um (laughs) Yeah, I think Hashtag there may be, <laughs> Yeah, I think there may be a hiatus in running coming, but probably gonna be a while. I, I just yeah. love running too much and Boston Marathon registration opens tomorrow and mm-hmm. I'm super pumped for that. But I think yeah. there's gonna be a time and place in life where I am gonna have to say, you know what? Whether it's life that forces it or, you know, situation wise, it's like I'm just going to take some time off and it's going to be okay. I've taken a few weeks off at a time, but like an extended period where, you know, something else might take priority. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I would, I would say that was the most recent thing has been kind of a hold on SRC, but yeah. yeah, It's always here for you. Thanks. SRC is always here for you. We're always here for you. 
Um, and in terms of taking that extended break from running, it's probably the scariest thing you'll ever do <laughs> personally, but I will let you know right now, it's also the best thing you'll probably ever do. Um, I, taking this break like this, even though I'm running like twice a week or whatever, but I'm diving more into other areas of my life and it's, we've talked about this before, but until you truly experience that, it's yeah. amazing. Like I, uh-huh. I'm, I miss running so much, but I'm also, I'm okay with it too. Like it's, yeah. it's a good place to be too. It's a good place to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So you've given some really good advice in this episode. <laughs> I think there's a lot of good turning points or turning points, tidbits. You could say turning points. <laughs> Turning Whatever. Maybe well. it's a turning. Yeah, maybe it's a turning point for someone who's listening. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I feel like. Is there's some turning points in terms of um, listeners. So, so one more. We're kind of wrapping up here. Is sure. what advice would you give to your younger self? Um, what advice would I give to my younger? Now I'm trying to think of my younger self. Um, I would tell myself to ride the wave, ride the wave of life. Um, don't ever try to change it um, and don't ever try to change who you'll become. Um, so I look back on it and there were a lot of questions, especially during my recovery of why did this happen to me? Um, why am I going through this? Um, and I wish I could have looked, like said to myself, just ride it, just ride the wave, Kelsey. You know, ride either the wave or ride the snow or whatever you're riding that day, ride it and just take it one minute at a time and understand that this is happening to you for a reason, whatever that reason may be. And I still don't know to this day. And I maybe, you know, I'll die not knowing, but there was a reason it happened. And, um, you know, so to take each moment and really recognize it and, just go with it. It's like, you know, letting go of that control that I always seem to have deep within me and try to reach out for. But if I, I recognize that I'm much happier when I just let, just ride the wave and let go of that control. Yeah. That's something that is like the hardest thing, especially Mm -hmm. when you say taking time off from running. I think that's part of it is just letting go. Yeah. anything with letting go. I I don't know where I read it and I wish I had it written down, but the freedom you experience when you let go of control is just like, I don't know if I have words for it. Um, so for those of you who are afraid to let go and afraid to let, you know, you know, ride that wave, just do it and see what happens. Give yourself, try a little experiment with yourself. It'll be worth it. So final question kind of coming to a close here is what does being a strong runner chick mean to you? Oh, um, being a strong runner chick. So being a strong runner chick means not being a strong runner chick. Um, and that might sound a little bit odd. Um, so let me explain. Um, I don't think that being a strong runner chick needs means you need to associate with being a strong runner chick sometimes. Sometimes it's just about being a strong chick. Um, so you can, in your everyday life, um, what I would, well, let me rephrase that. What I would ask people is to be a strong blank chick every day. So fill in that blank with what you need that day. So, um, like, for example, right now, I don't think I would say I want to be a strong runner chick right, right yeah. now. 
right now I want to be a strong, um, healthy chick. That's what I'm trying, you know, that's my, what I'm working towards, my health and my wellness. So every day when I wake up, I'm going to say, today I'm going to be a strong wellness chick. Or, you know, sometimes I don't want to focus on wellness. And sometimes I want to focus on, you know, like one of my other things I'm working towards is going to get my PhD. So one morning I may wake up and I say, today I'm going to be a strong study chick. And I'm going to study for the day and focus on really being a strong studying chick. Um, so I think it depends on what you're looking for out of that statement. So um, I would say, you know, be a strong whatever chick you know, strong blank chick, whatever that chick is for you on that day. And, you know, some days it'll be a runner chick. Some days it'll be a cooking chick. Some days it'll be, um, uh, I don't know, a skiing chick. Or some days it'll yeah. be a yoga chick. You know, there are all these yeah. different chicks that you guys can be. So um, I would just say, you know, being a, be a blank chick, whatever that chick means to you. Oh, love it. Yes, that really sums it up. Um what does i had a good question for you and then i totally lost it oh phd wise can you share um in terms of your aspirations <laughs> which direction you're headed with um, sure. pursuing your phd yes of course so um total change um i um, am hoping cross your fingers knock on wood all that good stuff for me you guys um because i'm not a fan of these gres <laughs> and trying to save them but anyways um, I will be applying to four schools um, for my PhD. Um, one is a PhD in leadership at uh, the University of San Diego. The next three are all in PhDs in higher education, um, one from the University of Oklahoma, one from the Ohio State University, and the last one from the University of Las Vegas, or University of Nevada, Las Vegas. So those will be the four schools I'll be applying to, and when, while there, I'll be studying um, leadership and life skill development in student athletes. That'll be what I concentrate my dissertation in, um, and then hopefully studying a lot more of um, either mindful leadership um, and mindful, you know, being a mindful athlete, um, or potentially studying women and leadership in sport so um, a few different areas I could subconcentrate in but all kind of PhDs in higher education and how that can be um, implemented with intercollegiate athletics so that was a mouthful you guys but um, that's kind of where I'm headed very exciting stuff uh, can't Thank wait to you. hear more about that um, listeners want to connect with you further how can they do so Sure. Um, so shoot an email through SRC, um, our website, our email. I try to check it often. I'm not as great as Megan is, but Megan's good at forwarding me any emails that... Um, well, I'm not great at it, so that... <laughs> <laughs> We're trying our best here. We're, We're both a little busy. Um, you can always... So my um, Instagram is at Kelsey Amable, K-E-L-S-E-Y-A-M-A-B-A-L-E. Um, that's my first and middle name, so... Um, can reach me there um you can always shoot me an email um i'm pretty good with that um but you know you know just reach out anytime i'm pretty open um and i love as megan knows i love to chat with people and kind of help you guys figure out your way so if you ever just want to need someone to talk to i'm always here thanks kels really appreciate it and um 
Yeah, guys, that really does apply. So if you're listening right now, Kelsey is super responsive, supportive, all around amazing person. So definitely yeah. connect with her. Um, and Megan is too. So oh, if you guys need two people to talk to, you got you got us both. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that kind of wraps up our episode. It does wrap it up unless you have anything else, Kels. Any shout um, outs? I don't, we no, did not I, discuss Wazelle or oh, yes. um, we did discuss the current program you're a part of, mm -hmm. but any yeah. other final shout outs? Um, no, I don't think so. I think I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty comfortable. I'm pretty happy right now. So just, just thank you to um to Megan and to other women of SRC. I mean, we we wouldn't be here, Meg, without you. And um, to all of our followers and those who listen to the podcast, thanks for tuning in. Um, Megan and I, we literally, when we started this, had no idea what we were doing. Yeah. We still sometimes have no. Actually, a lot of the time, we have no idea what we're doing, but we just kind of go with it. Um, so thank you guys for tuning in each and every week. We do appreciate it. And, Please know how much we, we love you and we're grateful for you. So thank yeah. you. All right. That wraps up another episode. Strong Runner Chicks. Hope you have a wonderful rest of your day, evening, wherever you are. Um, thanks again. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Strong Runner Chicks Radio. Do us a favor and leave a review in iTunes to help spread awareness and foster the SRC community. Additionally, make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Strong Run Chick.